Hello and welcome to a new recording of Doctrine and Doxology. I am Skylar Spradlin here with the ever-present, never-leaving, never-leaving, Larry Jones. Thank you for that great intro. You know, you're always here when I'm here. Uh, how can that be? I don't know. Am so, I always here when you're here? Yeah, I think so. Seems to be that way. I've never been here without you. Not, not on the air. Not on the air. I have once done it I know, it you just got you. tired of me. Then you no. saw how much you really needed me, right? No, I remember what the issue was while you were gone. Yeah, I, I kind of do. Anyways. I, uh, huh? I said anyways, neither here nor there. Anyways. We are here and um, continuing our discussion from last time. Yes. On the doctrine of election. Yes. It's a very I, good discussion, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy talking about that subject myself. And I don't know, maybe we're covering it again because we like talking about it. But I think there's probably people with a lot of questions. Me too. Some definitely disagree and they know that. Sure. And that's fine. I think. I think so too. And some... This is the first time they've heard it, or if they've heard it before, they might not have heard it accurately. Right, and we do want to be very accurate with with what happens during the salvation experience. We want to have it spelled out so that we're not trying to do something wrong. I think back in the olden days. Olden days. I knew you were going to say that word. Uh you know, they did an altar call and people went down and prayed and many people truly came to Christ because of that event. Uh, yes. But it is also true that several thought they came to Christ but didn't. Yes, and, and still think that they're... And they think they're saved and, and yeah. they may not have darkened a church in 20 years, uh, but they feel still feel like they are a believer. And so are you saying that has come about because... The church had a poor understanding of salvation or conversion? I, I think, the yes. I think the church as a whole had a certain way of presenting the gospel and a certain way, a certain way of having you respond to the gospel. At least in our area. Where it, was, it was rather a weak response. We're talking Oklahoma Baptist churches. Yeah, kind of mid-Baptist. Mid-Baptist? What's that mean? The middle in the United States. Midwest? Mid north and south, mid east west. Okay. Oklahoma. In the middle. <laughs> yeah. Kind of and spreading out. So yeah. there's a lot of uh, people in, say, Arkansas, uh, whatever that next state is, Tennessee, will feel the same as me. Yeah. It, it kind of, as you get out in the desert, you lose a few people, but then well, nobody you get all the way the to desert. the either coast, and then there's definitely some differences there. Yeah, but you're right, um, and I agree with you. I think those um, kind of decades of the 1900s where that was really pushed yeah. heavily uh, was based a bit more on numerical pursuits and less on right, doctrine, right. less on an understanding of conversion, Sure, uh, and things of that nature. And if you go for numbers... Some people are not going to get the depth of what's happened in their life. They're just, yeah, it's a good idea. It's kind of like the soils. Uh, yep, they yep, yep, they yep. like it for a while, and 
But then when trouble comes, they trouble, just, cares of this world. Yeah, they just fall away. Yeah, there's no root. Yes. We've actually experienced that even still as we interview people for membership in our church. Yeah. Uh, lots of them give a testimony and lots of college students give a testimony where they went down front as a, as a child because their friend was doing it or their mom right, and dad wanted right. them to do that. And um, and then came to saving faith when they were in college. Yeah, at a later date yeah. where they wrestled with it or whatever else. Um, and thank God that they did. You know, that's yeah. that's a great thing. Yeah, I, I want to be like you in the sense that I don't want to outright dismiss that because people were born again that way. Yeah. I, I was not. I never okay. walked an aisle. Um, but people legitimately were. Okay. So did they quit doing that in the church you were in? No. Um, no, God just grabbed a hold of my heart at home. Okay. Uh, not in a church service or a revival. Or so was there an element of making it public? Yes, baptism. The baptism was the public. Okay. A lot of people use the uh, walking down front event as a, I'm making this decision a public decision. Well, that's what baptism's for. Well, okay, but I'm thinking Romans 10, 9 and 10. Uh, with a mouth, confession is unto salvation. And, and yeah, you could do that at at baptism. But when I was baptized, you didn't say anything. You just, you just went under when he pushed you. Well, I wouldn't take Romans 10 to be a formulaic. If I don't say this out loud in front of people, well, it's yeah, not true. Also, I know you don't want to hide your salvation experience. Right. I you think don't want to keep it a secret. You want to tell Grandma... Louise, who's been praying for you for 20 years and tell others around you because you're not ashamed of the gospel. Right. And I think that's, you know, what Christ says that in several places. The scriptures say that in several places, not being ashamed of the Lord, speaking of the Lord. If you're ashamed of him and his words, he'll be ashamed of you kind of thing. That's right. And so I think that's kind of the spirit there. I don't think it's that if you just say... Isn't that, isn't that in Islam, if you just say a certain thing about Muhammad three times, you, you're you converted? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's not that way with Christ. No. You don't just say Jesus is Lord and that means you're a Christian kind of thing. Like, Okay. Yeah, I'm saying things three times, you could get stuff, you know. I got a new car, I got a new car, I got a new car. Bing, bada bing, bada boom. I got a new car. I'm not following you, man. I just, okay. I'm lost. <clears throat> Anyways. Right. I was just ranting on about saying things three times. We were raised with that kind of go down front mentality. Right, right. And I don't know how we got on that subject at all. Uh, just the, that's the way we did it in the past. To receive salvation. And and all these things that we're saying is true about salvation happen uh, yeah. a lot of times while you're in the pew. That's what you were saying. And you went down front to make, make that decision public. You were saying to understand the doctrine of election, we have to understand where our pursuit really is to understand the nature of salvation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and salvation to me seems to have happened instantaneous. Well, I think we're distinguishing, we're getting into the weeds here and distinguishing between the means of salvation, okay. which we agree is Christ. Yes. 
The only way. And the application of salvation. How does the work of Christ get applied to the individual? Okay. And some would say you choose God. Some would say you. And but others would say God chooses you. Yes. And I, and I think there's an element of truth in both of these. I think there's God chooses us. We know that's true. But then when he um, quickens your heart, then you're also choosing him as well. I don't think that. You're repenting and believing. I don't, I don't think. You're the, aligning yourself with him. The way that most people use that phrase, though, I could agree with. When most people say you choose God. Or you have to. Well, yeah. How do I be saved? You have to choose God. You have to accept Christ. I don't think I, I. I know I don't agree with what they mean by that statement. Yes, I can see that. In the majority of the time. It's kind of like it's, it's up to them. Well, back to what we talked about last time. That leaves out God altogether if it's up to you. Yes. And so what we talked about last time was that word regeneration. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think anything happens in terms of expression of faith or repentance or belief. I don't think any of that happens until Without. after regeneration. Right. I don't I, think those things regenerate. I studied you. that this week. Well, what did you find? I did find more than I thought I would. Really? Yeah. Like what? Well, for one thing, uh, regeneration, not really a word that's frequented in the Bible, although... Its principle is. Yes, but uh, Titus... Born uh, again. What is that? uh, First Thessalonians? No, that's not it. (laughs) It's not on this page. You need bigger glasses? No, I need that other piece of paper. That you left at home? Evidently. Or what happens uh, if you just turn the page... Uh, nothing happens over here. Oh, well, you still have another page to turn. What's There's on the, nothing there either. What's on the back side of the page that you're reading on? It's my notes for Acts. Are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. You mix journals like that? I'm getting ready to toss this one because it's about out of pages. But you'll do Acts and your podcast notes on the sa- in the same thing? Once a page is turned, a page is turned. Oh, my goodness. You are a monster. I am. Just kind of like this was Acts 16. So I'm finished with 16. Let me give you some organizational advice. I could probably use some, but let's don't confuse the issue right now. Get your own notebook for the podcast. Is there like a First Thessalonians or Titus 1-4? And your own notebook for the class you teach on Sunday mornings. What's Titus 1-4 say? I don't know. I mean, I know how to find it. It's in the Bible. Is it right after Timothy? You can afford two notebooks, man. I got a new one I'm getting ready to start. Go buy another one. Uh, you don't uh, can't even imagine how many books I got going at home. No. But the fact that you mix Titus. two different projects in the same one is... Sickening. That's not it. Starts with a T. There's other ones. Timothy. Torah. I'm gonna keep talking. I'm gonna go to my phone and try to look something up. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't either. How long is this gonna take? 
Can you can you paraphrase it? I might know something. Uh, it. I was looking for the word regeneration in the Bible. Mm. Mm. It is there. Yeah, I know it, and that's what I'm looking up. I bet my lookup skills are faster than yours. And go. Okay, here we go. Da, da. Done. It's Titus three five. That's it. I'm in Titus. You're there. Verse 5. Titus 3, verse 5. Okay. Read into the microphone. Let me start with 4. But when the goodness... It's a little bit hard. Watch it. Okay. When the goodness... But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared... He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. <coughs> okay. That's regeneration. Kinda, that's kind of confusing. It did, but, but I kind of looked for uh, words that would mean the same thing, like born again. It's a phrase. But it's just two words. How can two words be a phrase? Born again. <clears throat> How about uh, quickened? That's a word. Does it does it not carry the same semblance of regeneration? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Yes. Okay, so I tried to find verses in the Bible that tended to agree with the statement you made because I really think it's a true statement. I do more so now than I did a week ago. I don't even know what statement you're talking about, man. <clears throat> that regeneration comes before repentance or uh, belief. Okay, yeah. And then uh, I found three verses that kind of indicate that very same thing, are I you, think. Are you going to share them? I am. First one is John six forty four. No man comes to me except the Father which sent me draw him. What version are you reading out of? No man, that's ESV. You don't like that one? Sounded a little King James. No man can come. It may be. Oh, this is King James. I have a. I have a. Oh my goodness. Anyway, I'm not going to go into detail on it. It's out of a King James version, yes. But you understood it. I hope. Are all of them out of King James? These three are, yes. Yeehaw! This will be fun. Go, 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 go. Well, I I don't know about you, <laughs> but no, but the, but it's a true statement. I mean, it kind of indicates that regeneration happens before you can do anything. Yeah. And then Acts eleven seventeen, the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. I'm not. The hand of the Lord was with them, being that. He was quickening their hearts so that many returned to Christ. Mm, maybe a stretch. Am I stretching that? How about Acts sixteen fourteen? The Lord opened her heart as she paid attention to Paul's words. Is that Lydia? It is Lydia. Yeah. But first thing that happened to Lydia is God opened her heart. Yeah. Which would agree with the uh, the quicken statement. The Regeneration. Regeneration statement, yeah. 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 
Uh, Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. Uh, but God, da-da-da-da-da, when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive in Christ. There you go. When we were dead in our trespasses, I mean, that's made us alive. Right. We passed over from death to life. And it's a work of him. It is his work. It's all his work. It's not... But and it's not it's not as a result of us. It's no. not that we're made alive because we're sincere or because we prayed the right prayer or because this, that, or the other. Yeah, there's no magic words you can chant. Yeah, so you, you couple things like regeneration uh, and then kind of maybe an overarching theme of mercy, right? Yeah. God's salvation is a merciful forgiveness and pardoning of our sin. Yeah. So nothing that we do makes that happen if if it's our faith or our repentance or our prayer then it's not mercy and it's not grace it's something we did to earn it it's yeah it's in some sense satisfying a um a demand of god mercy is that it's it's totally unmerited yes and and, and bestowed upon you by the one whom you've offended or the one who has the authority to condemn you. That's mercy. Right. There's nothing inherent in you that you've done or that makes you, you or anything like that or makes you savable. It's mercy. Nothing to make you worthy. So I think you couple some things like that regeneration, the overarching idea of mercy, that salvation is the fundamentally the forgiveness of sin and thus being made right with God. And that happens because of mercy, not because of us. All of those things help me, understand the doctrine of election as the proper view of interpreting scripture. Okay. Yeah, I I agree with you. Okay. So there you go. That was easy. That was pretty easy. It wasn't easy on my part. Are we going to bring in the word predestination to this? Did we do that last time? Those he foreknew, he predestined, and those he predestined, he justified mm-hmm. or sanctified, sanctified. And those he sanctified, he justified. Something like that. We're in Romans 8 there. We are in Romans 8. So we did talk about it a little bit last week. I don't remember. So that's one of the tenets of the doctrine of election that people have a difficult time with. Yes, there's there's um, the interpretation of foreknowledge. Of predestination. God predestined us to be saved. Those he foreknew, he predestined. Yes. So the definition of foreknew is to what was questioned the last time I got in a lengthy discussion about it. Yeah, I, I don't, again, I don't think God looked into eternity future from eternity past and said, oh, Larry's going to believe, so I'll no. just go ahead and predestine him. That's... That's kind of like an oxymoron. Yeah, I've heard that statement several times, but we know that God doesn't look forward into time. Well, he does, but he doesn't react. He's not. A, he doesn't react. He no. set everything into motion. But he's he's above all time. Yes. He looks at the events of 2050, if we last that long, just same way he did at negative. Negative? How about just before BC? Christ? Yeah, 
He he looks at those simultaneously. He yeah. doesn't have to look forward. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're bound by time, not him. Just for understanding's sake, we can say he looks forward, but he doesn't. He doesn't predestine us based on on our merit for sure or our future response. That makes him reactionary, and that also makes it not predestined. I mean, if he's reacting, yeah, off of something we've done, then predestination is pointless. It 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 doesn't make sense to be predestined based on your response. No, he's just seeing your response. There's, there's he does n- see it. There's no there's doubt no that he does. There's no predestining there because he knows all things. Right, but he's an all-knowing God. But the scriptures are clear, especially Ephesians one, but also in other places that he predestined us for adoption. Yes. So he looks into eternity future. He looks into our future. And he knows us. That's foreknown. He knows us. All of our faults and flaws and all of those things. Who we will be. Who we are. How we're going to act. Our personalities. All those things. And he still sets his love on us. And and chooses us out to be his sons and daughters. And it's it's a very humbling uh, matter. Absolutely. Why? Why would God choose a worthless person like myself? Are you? Yeah. Even? Well, if we take Paul's, if we look at ourselves honestly. Yeah. If we take Paul's logic in, um, or one of the Timothys, and he says um, he's the chief of sinners, yeah. that that was for Christ to display His perfect mercy in Him and patience. I mean, if we if we take that understanding, and we should, then God choosing to save us is to display just how deep his grace and mercy goes right he and paul says it again to the corinthians not you weren't noble you weren't wise you weren't wealthy god chose the poor things the foolish things of the world to shame the wise that's who we are the foolish things yeah so it's humbling because god saves us to make known and abundantly clear that he's not saving the perfect. He's not coming for the righteous. He's coming for sinners. Right. The weak, the of course, frail, Christ the said that himself. Right. I didn't call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. Yeah. So for whatever reason, uh, I agree. I don't know why God would save me. Except for the fact that in some way. It displayed his perfect saving right glory and humbly we can say we're grateful for it yeah yeah i'm just so thankful and and i'm also thankful for the you know the ability to understand things more and more as i learn more and more hope uh god always allows me the ability to read his word and to grow in my walk with him well and i want to say one final thing just kind of put it the myth to rest i think uh, this doesn't mean we don't evangelize. Of course not. It actually fuels our evangelism. God has set his love on some. And yes. he is going to save people. Right. And we can share the gospel knowing that God will save. It kind of takes the pressure off your back, too. You're not having to convince someone that God is worthy of their love. Yeah. You just tell them the good news. Yeah. That God loves them. Jesus died for them. Yeah. And then it's up to God to decide if he's going to 
regenerate their heart. Right. And so that they can repent and believe. Yeah. Well, there's always a lot of other things we can talk about with this subject. We could have looked at it historically. We could have talked about the canons of Dort. Could have. T- oh, yeah. That's a very. Talked about the five <laughs> points of Arminianism. Uh, we could have talked about. Is that about, a movie? No, it's not. It's real. Church Council. Um, we could have talked about perseverance of the saints. We could have talked about the atonement of Christ and grace. And some um, of these subjects we will we will touch on next time. Yeah, uh, I'm this, just saying this is a continuing. They're all bundled uh, together in the yeah. discussion of election. This is just one segment of the uh, salvation. The whole ball. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, pie. It's a piece of pie. It's a slice. The first yeah. slice. And we may come back as we get questions. Yeah. And answer those too. I hope they uh, they have questions. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's something that we want to be clear uh, in people's minds. It just helps you in your worship. It helps you in your uh, understanding of Him and how much He loves you. Absolutely. And also helps you understand that you're not worth His love. Yes, and that is humbling, like you said. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, before we go, a uh, few words. Um, we have opened another enrollment of the yeah, what I heard. pastor's yeah. cohort. We've got uh, already a pastor signed up uh, the first day and a couple uh, in uh, other countries who are also interested. Very in interesting, yeah. Uh, so right now our our um, issue isn't having enough books. Our issue is paying to ship them, uh, okay. especially if we ship them overseas. And so, um, man, it would be awesome to have our listeners spread the word about that and see if there's anybody out there who would like to help uh, ship some of these books to these pastors and church leaders uh, to help them in uh, their understanding of the church and pastor uh, pastoring the church and leading yeah, the church. And that'd so, be great. Uh, you can find all of that at doctrinedoxology.com. Also, all the links to our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are there as well. Make sure you like and follow and subscribe to those uh, social media pla- uh, places. You'll get all kinds of information and updates when there's new episodes and things like that. You can also find us on iTunes and Spotify, and hopefully one day we'll iron out the kinks and you can find us back on Amazon Music again. And you can find us right down here in the office. In the office. Here we are. Not electronic. That's a physical finding place. That's right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Are you done? I'm done. Okay. I'm going to pray then. Our Father, we are grateful and thankful. Uh, We know our unworthiness. We know a glimpse of how magnificent you are. Help us to understand you more. Help us to please reveal yourself to us as we study your word. Uh, Open our minds to your truths. Help us to follow you closely and live live for you with all our hearts. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.